Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have a great guest for you today. Author, pagan, witch, Rachel Henderson and her new book, The Wheel of the Year. But before I bring in Rachel, where's Patty? Because it's January. You should know where you are every January. <laughs> so if you are tuning into this, the week we first drop, which is week of January 8th, 2024. I hope you had a great holiday season, whatever you celebrated. Full Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the solstice itself. And now we're stepping into 2024. So where I am home, I am home for another week or two. My only gig in January, I'm going to be at the Hanover Tavern Paracon in Virginia. So if you are anywhere near Virginia, the 19th or 21st through January, come join us. All sorts of really great people are going to be performing. We're doing all sorts of great stuff and appearing and workshops. And I think we're doing a seance and a gallery and all sorts of great things. It's on all my social media, Hanover Tavern, January. February, come towards LA because it is time for the Vampire Anti-Valentine's Ball. You could be a Valentine or not Valentine. It's not really about Valentine's. We have a new location this year, so I'll be posting really soon about that. And the other thing to plan now, you want to go to Transylvania? You want to go to Romania with my best friend, Father Sebastian and myself. And to go on a vampire tour, he is the one you want to go with. We are doing this beautiful nine-day, very magical totally magical. We're going to do beautiful magicals and rituals all over castles in Romania with Father Sebastian and myself. So hope you can join us. It's by Haunted Tours out of New Orleans. It's going to be a once in a lifetime thing and I hope you can join us. I think it's like May 1 through 9. I'm posting it everywhere. Lots of other great stuff coming up all year. So instead of me telling you, go to pattynegri.com, sign up for my newsletter. It's always listed. I put it on my social media. And Tuesday, it's time for school. Of course, my school, University Magicus. I'm getting ready to start an entire mediumship course that everybody can come to. And I promise you'll start being able to talk to the other side. Wednesdays, you don't want to miss the Witches Movie Coven with Jason and Heather and Courtney and Richard Lale and myself argue about movies and witches and movies. It's really fun. We never agree. And you too get to vote if you've won up or wands down live every Wednesday at six o'clock Pacific. So that's what I'm doing. I am here. So I hope you're celebrating this beautiful new year and we made it through 2023. Let's just leave it at that. Hey everybody, guess what time it is? It is time for a She's Almost Awake Today Willow Report. Yes, indeed. It's a new year. It's a new day. And let's get in shape, shall we? I want to say that this is the best motivator you could have for getting out and exercising. We all need to go to the gym or take the dance class, but the very best exercise we can do is walking. Guess what? Dogs need walking. So if you have a dog, remember to get it out there and walk. And if you don't have a dog and you need more exercise, if possible, get yourself a dog. Now, if for some reason you're going, I can't have a dog, I live in an apartment or with people and they're allergic, guess what? I bet you have somebody who lives near you who may have a dog who's unable to walk their dog and they would love you being willing to go take them out on regular walks. 
It could be helping somebody else who's either too busy at work or they're the older or invalid and the dog and you're getting outside. We've been taking little Willow out on more. She has her big play dates all the time. I go up to Lake Hollywood on my own and we're just starting to take her. She even did the whole three and a half mile Lake Hollywood yesterday with my husband. That's why she's still a little sleepy, I think. But New Year, we always make new resolutions. We always seem to want to get healthier. Remember your little canine fur babies need to get healthier too. And there's no better motivation than seeing the joy of your puppy on a walk or your cat. We take Gracie too sometimes. She has a bubble backpack. So get outside, grab a leash, take your pup for a walk. If you don't have a pup, they make those fake leashes that looks like you have a pup. Be the talk in your neighborhood, but get outside and walk and take your fur baby. Little paws and all. Hey everybody, for this week's magic lessons, we're going to talk about keeping your New Year's resolutions. Everybody talks about them. Oh my gosh, my New Year's resolutions. The odds are very low for most people at keeping them. Some people go, I'm not going to make them, but we almost always do. But we're witchy people, right? There's witchy things we could do to actually keep our New Year's resolutions. My number one, and it's something that a lot of people do, it's write them down because you probably won't remember by Tuesday what you wrote down on or you didn't write down on Monday. But why just write it down and put it on a paper somewhere? Write it down and put it in a cooker box or oven. Not a real oven. We've talked about magic and putting them in boxes before. But say you've made a resolution, maybe about love or health or money or job. Get yourself a box and start cooking your resolution. So write down as in detail as you want. You might want a big box, lots of resolutions. Write it down in detail. This is a beautiful box by my friend Zaysha. A lot of resolutions, write it down. Or you might want a little bitty box. I'm just going to write down new love, something like that. Or you might want to make sigils about what you're doing. Besides writing it down, if you want to create a sigil or a symbol that shows you what you're doing for your health, for your love, for your money, for your pets, for your family, you've put that much more magic into it. So write it down. Create it and put it in what I call a magical oven for it to cook. And then don't just set it away. Look at it every month. Look at it every month and going, oh, it's the new moon. Following a moon cycle, it's a new moon. Let me look at my little wishes. Oh, look, at there are some in here. Let me look at my wishes. Let me go through my box. Oh, yes. Look it, I've made some wishes. Remind yourself. And then if it's on the new moon, the dark moon, that whole next two weeks, you could do things to get you where you thought you wanted to be. And my other thing to do besides that is use some of your crystals to help you. If you have room, put them in your box or put them by your altar with what you're doing. My three favorite crystals for helping you keep your New Year's resolution is number one, amethyst. Because amethyst, again, it's sweet and it's loving. But it's also the very best stone for you to release bad habits. Because so much of what we want to bring in is letting go of what we do bad. Eating bad, being too hard on ourselves, quitting smoking, losing weight, all that stuff. Amethyst is a super healing stone and it's a really good bad habit breaker. So that's half of our resolutions half the time anyways. So get yourself a little piece of amethyst. Put it on your altar to remind you or put it in or by your box. The second one I really like is smoky quartz. 
know, I always like dark stones and dark stones get rid of negativity. But a smoky quartz is a really nice one to just absorbs negative thoughts. Because again, it's, oh, I can't make that money or I can't lose that weight or I can't quit smoking. The smoky quartz having that, you could set it, it itself can absorb all those negative thoughts. And my third one, my favorite one for this is carnelian. Because carnelian increases your motivation. Carnelian is about passion and optimism. So you want to feel good about it. You want smoky quartz to take away all your negative thoughts. You want the amethyst to just get rid of the bad habits that we're just so used to doing them the wrong way. And then that carnelian can increase that motivation, your passion, your optimism. And those three things can help you actually hold on to and make your New Year's resolutions happen. Magic is everywhere. You just have to give it a little kick in the pants sometimes. I have a wonderful guest for you today. She is a witch. She is a pagan. She is crafter extraordinaire and the author of this beautiful brand new book, amongst others, but called Wheel of the Year. Meet, please, Rachel Henderson. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Patty. I do love Wheel of the Year, and we are at the beginning of a brand new year of the regular calendar, not necessarily the pagan calendar. But you yourself are a seamstress, a crafter, and all sorts of things, right? I, I like to call myself a witchcrafter. Yes. I like that, a witchcrafter. Now, you are talking to a crafter-challenged person, I must say. I look at things, and I have friends who can take a toothpick and a Dixie cup and something else you can in your book, and then there's this beautiful thing. How is your book for the craft challenge, such as myself? All of the crafts in the book are fairly simple ones. I wanted to keep it simple, mainly because I wanted it to be something that people could do with their children as a we're crafting together and learning about the will of the year and learning about the lessons that are taught by it. And I there's step-by-step instructions. There's pictures to help you along. I wrote it specifically with new crafters in mind. Good. Just... Yeah, I was looking at it, and it really, you've got beautiful things in it. So I'm just even reading the back of your book, from baking oatmeal cranberry cookies to milk baths to making mixing spicy incenses, leaving offering for the fairies. And you literally do go through the Sabbaths, through the Wheel of the Year. So what made you go add the Wheel of the Year? Was this just something that you just always do and thought you needed to bring it to the rest of us? Um, Yeah, I am very much a proponent of the will of the year. I'm a proponent of calendars that go with the seasons and the cycles. We have the calendar that we have in everyday life tends to, it's divorced from nature. And as a pagan, I like to be part of that. So what I do is I have always followed the will of the year. I have certain sabbats, which the sabbats are individual parts of the will of the year. They're like the spokes. Mm-hmm. And I engage in some of those more than others. But I wanted to, I didn't see a lot of information out there about how to celebrate each sabbat, especially the ones that are the lesser known, but not Samhain or Yule. And so I wanted to have offer something to people so that they could get in touch with the energies of each sabbath and the book has rituals and journaling prompts and divination ideas decorations just everything so that you can 
uh, a jumping off point, basically. So you can say, oh, what Sabbath is coming up? This is take a couple ideas to get in touch with the energies of that. That is beautiful. And for those who are new to the Wheel of the Year of Sabbaths, it very much follows along with what the rest of the world does on the major ones, like, oh, Yule is reds and greens going into the Sabbath and things like that. But it is so much more and it's so deep. And I do like you put it into your ritual work and magic. Right now, we are just at the very beginning of January. So good in the new calendar year. We're just getting through Yule. So what is something that you think people should, would be nice for them to focus on? This is just starting the brand new year. What would be something good for them to follow out of your book or path? I am a big proponent of taking the first few days or the first couple of weeks of the year of the new year to focus on what it is you want to get out of the rest of the year to do some journaling, do some divination. I am a big fan of doing every year. I do a 12 month spread where I just draw a card for each year or for each month and write that down. And then I can, I keep it in my journal so that over the year I can look back and go, oh, it's January or it's February June, whatever, what card did I draw and see maybe what insights that was giving me to what's going to be happening. But this is, we're going into in bulk is the next Sabbath that's coming up. And it's all about, you're still, it's, you're not quite ready for spring cleaning, opening up windows, bringing in all that energy. You're still hunkered down on the last little bits of winter. So it's still much more, the energy is much more about being still, being quiet, making plans that don't, you're not quite ready to implement those plans yet. You're just in the planning stages. So this time of year is really good for that. Yes, that is beautiful. So how did you come upon your path, your witchy path, your very eclectic witchy pagan path? Well, I was raised Baptist. And my, like many pagans, my, I'm Gen X, so like many pagans and witches my age, I went to college and I came across Cunningham. I call him the Venerable Cunningham in yes. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, you get that living Wicca and you read through it and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this makes sense. I ended up moving away from Wicca, but that was my initiation into magic and into this pagan view of the world that always, that when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, this stuff resonated with me. I just didn't know it at the time. Right. So that was my path into this. And then I've been a practicing witch for many years. There were, there was a bit of time between when I found Wicca and when I fully embraced being a pagan and a witch that it was in limbo. But that was a time of growth too. Again, one of the things I like about the Wheel of the Year is because it has emphasis on rest and then you have busy times and then you take time off to let the land lie fallow. And that was like my fallow time where I was just busy doing other stuff. And then finally, when things settled down, I had a bunch of life stuff happen. I lost my house. We were homeless for a few weeks. I was writing a book during that time, <laughs> doing all this other stuff. And then we just landed on our feet and I was like, okay, I'm serious now that going to be focusing and devoting myself to my path. That is beautiful. Yeah. I have your lemon and rosemary book. It's a oh. little book. Really Thank wonderful. You. Yes. So I was excited to get this one. Again, being 
a crafty wannabe that I am. I really <laughs> am. So do you go into like setting up altars for the seasons and things like that in your book? Yep. I go into what you can put on your altar. There are recipes so that, and the recipes deal with, to be fair, it has mostly a Midwestern uh, and North American view of what things are available and in season. But I do have, I encourage people to take what's in the book and personalize it. So if certain things are not in season where you're at for various, whether you're in a different part of the world or what have you, that you can supplement or replace what's in there. But yeah, that tells you how to set up an altar, tells you rituals you can do, activities, crafts, cooking, decorating, all of that. Just I wanted to give a little capsule of, and a little blueprint that people could start off with who might want to celebrate the Sabbath, but not know where to start. Yeah. And you're very eco-friendly in what I've looked through. So very eco-friendly. You work with found things. You worked with simple things. You don't have to go out and spend $8,000. I am a horrible anti-capitalist where I don't like spending money if I don't have to especially on on things where there are plenty of materials out there that you can use or reuse. I'm really big on that. And again, this is to, as a pagan, I want to walk softly on the earth. I want to make sure that I don't leave a huge footprint. And so this is one of the ways that I manifest and live my beliefs. That is beautiful. And I'm a Cunningham girl beginner as well. And there was, I actually got to meet him once just before he died. So I'm talking 80s. And that's what brought me to the, the pagan or the Wiccan path itself. I too have expanded beyond Wicca. I'm probably as eclectic as you are, but he was my base. Yeah. He was my base of understanding the whole thing and then stepping in from there. That's awesome. So what are some of the things, if we're still inside now, we're January, in bulk's coming up, we're just getting through Yule. What are some of the practices you think that some would help somebody to step into? I'm going to start doing the wheel of the year. Okay. We're starting now. It's in bulk. Again, you're not doing a lot of stuff outside, but there are certain things you could do. One of the big things that I like to do around this time of year is set out seeds for the birds. We have a lot of crows and ravens where I live. And so we'll put out peanuts and sunflower seeds and other seeds for them and for the other animals. And then that's that's part of giving back and showing gratitude and abundance. I'm a big proponent because in bulk means use milk. It's a a Celtic word for use, use milk. Milk baths where you're going to be bathing and using herbs and milk to not only soften your skin because it's winter. And winter is a time where you get your skin dries out and all this. So it's not only just softening your skin with the milk and with the herbs, but it also is connecting you to, again, these themes of self-care and resting and planning. This is a time where they send out the seed books and seed magazines so you can sit down and plot out what you're going to be planting for the summer or spring and summer even if you only live in an apartment building you can still have a little window box or even start 
planning with your house plants. Okay, how am I going to be taking care of them? Make a plan for this is when I water my house plants. This is when I'm fertilizing them. Things like that. Okay, I'm just looking through some of your book. And one thing that I was really intrigued with, and I don't know why, because I just got some beautiful new flowers. And you literally, I'm not even sure what part of the year it is, but it's even written on the back of your book about crystallizing flowers with sugar. Yeah, certain flowers you are edible. And so this is a recipe for putting, It's I believe this is a Beltane because Beltane is all about flowers and blooms and all of that really great spring energy. And there's instructions in there and taking the flowers, crystallizing them in the sugar. There's also, there's a recipe in there for making lilac sugar, which where you put the lilac buds in the sugar, you leave it for about a week or so, and then your sugar will have that scent and just a little bit of a taste of the lilac in it. And then you can use it in your tea and you're sweetening your lemonade or cooking. It's a way to bring that flowery energy into if you're a kitchen witch and you're cooking, if you're just somebody who's not a kitchen witch or like doing divination, you put it in your tea for helping bring that kind of floral essence insight into your divination. And that sounds very Beltane. <laughs> yes. Very Beltane. And I'm ready to go take a milk bath. Uh, so what is a good, okay, if I don't have kids, but I love that you wanted to make this very kid-friendly and stuff. So it's probably a great way to teach kids about the Sabbaths and the seasons and nature more than anything else. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I have children and they have grown up in, we're a big witchy pagan family. And I wanted something that, because one of the things that I've noticed is there's not a lot of books on pagan parenting. And there's a few, but not, it's not something where there's a lot of information on how to raise your children in this belief system. And so I thought that with this book, it goes through the themes of the different Sabbaths. It goes through what the ideas and what the messages and lessons are. And with crafting, kids are very hands-on. And being able to craft something that they can then put on the altar so that they are now partaking in in your practice lets them feel like they're part of it. And the lessons will stick much more than just telling them stuff. Allowing kids to make something that they can then put on the altar that then you keep. And every year when you're celebrating this Sabbath or this part of the year or whatever, that you bring that out. It's it's about creating connection, creating uh, heirlooms, creating things that then they will look back on and look back on fondly. And those messages will stick with them throughout their childhood into adulthood. That is beautiful because I am looking at beautiful. Again, I open it up and here's how to make a little dolly and here's how to make blessing oil. And you guys really have to check out this book. It's brand new, right? It's just getting released, right? Yep. Yep, it just came out, and they, Llewellyn did a fabulous job with it. They just, every one of the books that they've published of mine have been gorgeous, and this one is no exception. But yeah, I really just want to give people a place to start, and it's not just for beginners. There's, like I said, there's journal prompts in there. There's information on different divination types. 
and the cooking and everything. So even if you're not a beginner, if you're not a novice, I hope that there'll be something in there that you can take away from it and go, oh, okay. And then incorporate into your own practice. That's my whole goal is just to help people find ways to connect with their paganism, connect with their witchy selves and lead a more magical life. Mm-mm. Yeah, and bring the meaning to each of those seasons. I, It's beautiful. So what are we saying? A lot of people at the beginning of the year, and I know this is not about money or anything like, but they're just going, okay, I've made New Year's resolutions. I don't know what I'm doing. We're stepping into this whole new year. With your journaling and things like that, do you guide people on? Because it's all so much about focus in our perception of things. Yeah, there there is very much this idea that it, at the beginning of the year, yeah, you make those resolutions. You and then a lot of people don't often stick with them as the year goes on, which is one of the reasons why I always suggest journaling is absolutely a way because once you think put things down in writing, you are much more likely to accomplish them or to think about them, and then putting it someplace where you'll see it all the time. Like I have. I, I call it my journal, but it's actually my planner so that it's at the front of my planner. So every time I open up my planner to see what I'm doing that day or that week or that month, it's right there. My my resolutions and then also doing the card pulls for the year so that I'm constantly reminded that this is what you set as your goals. This is what you try to accomplish. And it just helps me to every day. Um, Bring, remember, that's my goal. And it's things like that where you can remember every day. And also having some grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people set a lot of New Year's resolutions that are um, commendable, but might not be completely doable. And I think that having later in the year check-ins. And in the book, it talks about there are certain Sabbaths where that's where you check in with yourself. How am I doing? Where have I made progress? Where maybe have I not made progress? And maybe this was not the right path for me. And so the book tries to, I try to let people know, give yourself grace. Don't be hard on yourself if you have made resolutions and then found that you failed at them because there's always, it's a wheel. The wheel turns, it in bulk will come back and you will have that energy again to restart. Yeah. Grace is a beautiful world. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, mean, I do think our world needs more grace right now. And as you said, especially towards ourselves, we're so hard on ourselves. You're very much, I see, has a lot of like self-love in it and, and awareness. In it. I'm a type A Aries, so that's learning how to be a little more kinder to myself has been a journey. <laughs> So what could it be? Again, I want to be, I'm not like, I can go out and find herbs and things, but a forager. How would you say, okay, I'm new to this. I want to be this wheel of the year craftsy person. I want to be aware of the Sabbaths of the wheel of a years ago. I want to go out and forage things, whether I'm finding flowers in the forest or bay leaves to ride on or whatever that, not bay leaves, but leaves to ride on. You think just changing your perception about that is going to get you started? Yes. I also think going out into your neighborhood, 
a lot of people, I think that they need to go out to the mountains or the forests or something like that in order to forage. But there are local parks, there are neighborhoods where you will find things like clover and dandelions and other plants that are considered weeds, but are magical and you can use in your magic. And I go into that where there are certain rules for foraging, things like you don't take the first thing, you don't take the last one, you always leave something behind, always leave an offering and ask the plant or tree before you take so that you are getting their permission to take what, and only take what you need. But yeah, foraging is one of those things that does not, it requires nothing more than going out with a sack and your eyes open, going and getting a book on herbs or plant identification is a great way to start. And it's not just plants and herbs. It's finding that cool rock as you're walking along. It's even going into your own space and foraging, looking for, because again, a lot of the crafts in there take use things like empty toilet paper rolls, cans, that sort of stuff, where there's a whole bunch of material that we make every day that we think of as garbage, but that can be cleaned up and used as materials and as tools to make something unique for our path and for our altars, for our lives. That is beautiful. Yes, what our recycle is so much can be so much more. Because you you do a lot with sticks in here, and everybody can go find sticks walking around the neighborhood. You've made beautiful rooms and taking some time to put on your kid hat. Mm-hmm. And because remember when we're little kids, we go running around, we find sticks and rocks and bugs and leaves and all this other stuff that are our treasures. And I think getting that forging helps you get in touch with your inner child in that way where you can not only uh, feel joy and get playful, but you can also look at any, if you have childhood trauma, if you have a wounded, any wounds from when you were growing up, that can give you a connection to that wounded self that you can then start working on healing. Oh, that is beautiful. Because this is all about our path as we get there. I love the, I did not know there's rules to foraging, but I see you do have that book. You don't take the first and don't take the last. That makes so much sense without even putting a lot of thought into it with just a little. And Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, again, people think of foraging as this big thing. So being able to give some rules, give some guidance, because a lot of people unfortunately feel like they need to have permission to do stuff, to follow their path, to do foraging, to do witchcraft. And that's one of the things that I like to push back against. But I also like to say, look, if you're the type of person who needs permission, then I have three books on witchcraft and I'm a practicing witch and I give you permission. You don't need my permission, but if you feel like you have to have permission, you got it. You got it from me. I, I, love- I want, yeah, I want people to connect with themselves, to live a magical life to because life right now is really hard for many people and if you can find those little bits of joy those little bits of magic that just make your life a little less hard then absolutely people should be doing that yeah and i love that you guys listen you all have 
permission from Rachel Henderson herself. Oh, beautiful spirit, Rachel Henderson. So go out and do what you want to do. I love that. Every chapter in this book, every chapter, of course, is the, the Sabbath, is the holiday. And every chapter you talk about for, the foraging section. You have an altar section, rituals and activities, recipes, crafts, decorations. This really is a lot packed into not that big of a book. Yeah. Yeah. I Again, I want to give people a blueprint. I want to give people ideas and then have them use that as a starting point. Uh, and I want to make sure that there's stuff in there, not only for new beginning baby witches, but also for people who may have been doing this for a while. And they're like, I'm looking for some other inspiration. I specifically pitched this as uh, part manual, but part lookbook, where you can just flip through it and look at the pictures and look at the stuff and just be inspired. Yeah. And that yeah. is exactly what I'm doing. Again, I just got it. And it's, it is beautiful. I'd like that. And it's inspiring. You go into your journal sections, you go and here's a star. Here's time after time. Yule, we just got past Yule. So it's a pretty book to have as well. Anyway, so before we go, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Tell people where they could find you because you do all sorts of great things where they can find you, where they can get your book, when it's available, stuff like that. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for having me on here. It was great talking with you. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun. I'm on Instagram. I, you can find me on idiorhythmic, which is a word that means living by one's own life patterns. That's where I am for the most part. And you call that for people. I-D-I-O-R-H-Y-T-H-M-I-C. Idiorhythmic. Yeah, I, it's a word that has meant a lot to me throughout my life. And I having it as my Instagram just reminds me again every day that I'm living my life the way I want to. You can find my books in online or in bookstores. If you have a local occult shop or a local independent bookstore, please go and look there or order through them. Give those shops loving. And you can also find them on Amazon or get them directly from Llewellyn, who's my publisher. They have all my books there. And yeah, right now I'm working on my fourth book, which is called The Witch's Wardrobe. That'll be out next year. It's or later this year. It's all about creating your own witch core closet, clothes and everything. It's a lot of fun. And if you're interested in more making, there's my book, So Witchy, which is all about sewing magic. I love that. I, and I'm looking at the behind you with all the beautiful threads. It's almost like an altar to your seamstressness. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm a witchcrafter. I, that's what I do is that's where I find my magic and I make things with my magic. Yeah. This is my work area. This is my altar. <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, you guys, you are going to love her like I do. So check out Rachel Henderson. Again, I don't have your sewing because they won't let me near a sewing machine, sort of. But if they don't let me in the kitchen, they don't let me near a sewing machine. But there is things even I can do. So that is amazing recommendation for you guys. I can't wait for your wardrobe one, though. I'm all about clothes. So that sounds fascinating. <laughs> so well, you'll have to have you on again when that book gets done. I would love to. This has been so fun. So again, follow her on um, social media, like her, learn that beautiful idiorhythmic word. I got that wrong, I'm sure. Nope, you got it right. I did? 
Okay. Yes. It's a good day. We can move on. Anyway, happy coming in bulk. Happy New Year to everybody. And Rachel, thank you so much for bringing your really beautiful magic to the witching hour. Thank you.